We are molded from birth to trust in our parents and the ones who gave us life. But what if our parents had secrets? Lifelong secrets that would impact us long after they were gone. Enter Annie, whose own mother has recently passed. And she's a mother who is obsessive over Annie's youngest child, a daughter named Charlie. Annie finds herself faced with her mother's dark legacy, especially when a far more horrifying tragedy strikes her family. Now, grieving and losing her grip on reality, Annie becomes a target for a malevolent spirit, something that has been waiting to enter this world for far too long. From first-time filmmaker Ari Aster, this is Hereditary. Ari Aster's sophomore effort, Midsummer, is set to arrive in theaters to Wednesday, July 3rd, and we figured the timing was finally right to showcase a film that got under our skin and made us reconsider our own beliefs and the trust we have in our relatives. Trust me, folks, if you haven't seen Hereditary, close this out right now. We're going to spoil every second of this film, and if you're a horror fan or someone who just enjoys original cinema, you owe it to yourself to watch this. Get the hell out. (laughs) Then, come back and listen, because isn't it more fun when you've seen the movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is Filmgasm, your weekly journey into films unknown, with me, Connor Izagheri, as your guide into the ever-shifting, constantly evolving, treacherous landscape that is the horror genre. I'm joined today by Austin Johnson. How's it going? Personal chauffeur to King Payman and my partner in crime. (laughs) Hereditary is a film that we both saw in theaters about a year ago, and it has stuck with us ever since. The performances, the atmosphere, the story, the imagery, everything is malevolent and unnerving as hell. It's a film designed to get into your head. And from a first-time director, no less. But more on that later. In just two weeks, on July 19th, we'll be doing our fourth Weird Shit Wednesday on the production of The Godfather Trilogy. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola and based on the novel by Mario Puzzo, The Godfather series chronicles the reign of the Corleone family, an Italian crime family based in New York. Released in 1972, 1974, and 1990, these films are widely celebrated and considered some of the greatest of all time, except for part three, and we're going to talk about why. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can't wait to revisit those. It's going to be a good episode. Yeah, I'm real excited. And real quick, I got a brief rewind for you on The Conjuring. I saw Annabelle Comes Home this past weekend, and I must say I am disappointed. Uh, Frustrating. Wasn't as scary as I'd hoped. Was, I told you it was going to be one way or the yeah, other, man. <laughs> I was really hoping. Like, everything told me it was going to be really good. Oh, yeah. Everything's there, yeah. It was just, it was predictable. And the Warrens are barely in it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't like to hear that. I have not seen this yeah. yet. I, I might see it in theaters. After hearing all that, I don't know if it's worth my money. So. It takes place <laughs> during the first Conjuring. So, like, the yeah, Warrens okay. are, like, yeah, yeah. hiring a babysitter. Like, we're going to go take care of this. And then some weird shit happens at their house. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. The idea is cool, but it just it doesn't go nearly as far as it could have. I, you know, I give it a seven. And that's being generous because there were some creepy moments, but that was kind of it—just moments. Yeah. And even those moments, I feel like you know, we've seen it a million times. This movie was mostly jump scares. Ah. And longtime Conjuring fans will still enjoy it, but it's just not nearly as scary as the other ones. It should have been much better. I mean, this was an idea like everything the Warrens had ever defeated gets out. <laughs> Yeah. That should have been unbelievable. Would that be better as like a like a Netflix TV show with like 10 episodes, you know, something like that? Not really, because it it's really all confined to just one house. Yeah, yeah. And it's a cool idea. And but Yeah, I feel like everything's yeah. there. All the tools are there for you know, are. a good movie. Just, you know, Annabelle Creation was better. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Creation. Yeah, we talked about that. That course. was creepy. Yeah. That's that's upsetting, but yeah. what else we got? What are you going to do? I guess we'll have to wait for The Conjuring 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on to the good stuff. Hereditary. I think you adore this film more than anyone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a 10 out of 10. So tell me, what is it about Hereditary that made you fall in love with it? uh, Seeing it in theaters was big. I think a lot of the horror experience is big in seeing it in theaters. I saw it. We used to both work at Draft House. If you listened to us before, that's how we met. Uh, I went to the screening that was at midnight on that Wednesday night before it came out. And yeah, I was... I left the theater just all, all like happy because I that's what I want. That's what I want when I go see a horror movie. Of course, it was very dark and it was a, it is a tough watch emotionally, mentally. Yeah. But it's exactly what I want out of a horror movie. And we we talked about this. This is not your typical when people hear horror. This is not what they think. They think of you know blood and you know and whatever. And that's not 
we're here to defeat that and bring those walls down because horror yeah. is a much much more broad uh, genre and is a very big, vast genre and is our favorite. And Hereditary is exactly what I want personally as a fan out of horror. And so it is immediately became one of my probably top ten favorite horror movies of all time. And it's remained there. I've seen it multiple times. I rewatch it all the time. We just had it on before we started. I, I love being in this setting. It's so brutally scary at times, and all, like you said, the characters, the performances are all perfect to me. So, yeah, that's a, just a brief, like, <laughs> brief reasons why I, I, I love this film and always will. <laughs> right on. I saw this by myself Woo! after my shift was over. They actually let me off early so I could go to the next showing. That's great. Which is awesome. And was I there for that? I. Maybe. I feel like I might have been and been like, yeah, dude, get the hell out of here. I think you're the one who helped me get <laughs> off that day so I could go see that. Dude, you have to, yeah. I was like helping you and you're like, ah, do I really? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Just fucking do it, man. <laughs> but I saw it and I remember having certain expectations because the trailer, you know, tilted you a certain Yeah, way. yeah. Oh, yeah, I should have mentioned that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It toys with you, yeah. And the movie was not that no. at all. It was so much better. And not, not in a bad way no. at all. It but, was... You know. One of the few... I Usually I don't like it when the trailer is misleading, but this was a case where it really worked out. Yeah, there's another A24 movie you had, uh, It Comes at Night, Ugh, where the, the trailer is pretty frightening, and then the movie itself doesn't really have any uh, any of that in it. No. Whereas Hereditary kind of did the opposite, where it showed you, hey, this is this is going to be unnerving, I'll be ready. It is a horror movie, but the, yeah, then you get, into, <laughs> you get into it halfway through, you're like, oh, wow, all right. Yeah, this yeah. got fucking flipped upside down, so once, it's great. Yeah, once the movie was over... As I was leaving, the woman who was sitting in the row behind me, I heard her audibly go, that was some fucked up shit. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that, that, you hit the nail on the head with that one, lady. Yeah. And then I had to go home in the dark, so that was nice. <laughs> yeah, driving home was not, not so much fun. I had someone with me, though. Thank God. I had like a friend where we got to talk about it and kind of like, you know, process it. Because it, yeah, it took me all night to process and go to bed that night. I was thinking about it for days. Oh, yeah, same. But like, I mean, that night specifically, yeah. it was like, oh, I need to go have a couple beers. What the hell calm did I down. just watch? <laughs> and, yeah, oh. and chill out. Yeah, it's, that, it does, it's, it's draining. It's awesome. That's what we want. Like there were said. moments where I was thinking, like, this filmmaker has, like, he's disturbed. He has emotional problems. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll get to that. Yeah. Ari Aster. Uh, yeah. Legend in the making, I think. Is, Hereditary is was written and directed by Ari Aster. Who prior to this film had only done a handful of short films, and I know you took a uh, look at some of those. Yeah, there's three of them. They're uh, and they're, they're full length. They're on uh, YouTube. The strange thing about the Johnsons, Bo, and what was the other one? The mother one that I told you about. It was oh, a cool. Shit. Yeah, it was a cool title. I have it right here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, strange thing about the Johnsons. I'll talk about that one first. Um. It it's 30 minutes, and it is one of the toughest watches I've ever gone through in my life. Uh, it's very dark. It's a family drama, just like Hereditary. It, within themselves, kind of battling each other. It is brutally dark. The other one's called The Trouble with Mom. That's what, yeah. And that one's about um, a mom, uh, her son's going off to college, and she kind of goes to great lengths. It's pretty creepy. And then Bo is really short, but it is brutally unnerving. You kind of get a sense for his um, his style as far as like what he's going to do with the camera, cinematography-wise, uh, what his his likings are, and you see a lot of that stuff in Hereditary. So I suggest you go watch, if you really like him, you know, and I do, you know, we do. I suggest you go watch these, and there's a bunch of other ones he has that are all over the place, uh, but those are all on YouTube, so go check us out if you feel yeah. feel inclined to go a little bit a little bit deeper into Ari Aster's weird mind. I remember when we were working this movie, there was a, uh, the pre-show was really good. Very good. And there was an interview with Ari Aster where he talked about his influences on this film, mm -hmm. and two films that stood out to me were The Shining. Yeah, heavily influenced by the show. And yeah, oh yeah, we see that throughout. Yeah. yeah, just the way he films it and the the total the atmosphere of just a it's family a, breaking it's down. Part of it's like an ode to yeah, yeah to the shining. Very much honest. so. Yeah. And the other film is um, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her and his lover or something like. That. I don't remember. The, yeah, yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie. It's really hard to find. Surprisingly, very. I've heard it's one of the most disturbing films of all time. I know there's like some cannibalism involved, but. I would love to watch that movie and see The Connectors, because I know I would. Because yeah. he does not hide his influences. No, not at all. Not at all. One that I thought, like, he didn't even mention, but I I think there was definitely some influence here, was The Exorcist 3. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. I, I felt some Exorcist in general. Yeah. Uh, from, yeah, from a couple of those films. But just, yeah. like, the scene of, you know, her crawling on the wall, like, mm -hmm. that's straight out of Exorcist for sure. 3. For sure. And I, an argument could be made for that being the scariest of the of the franchise, but we'll get to that. When we, yeah, when oh, the Exorcist. Yeah. That's gonna be a blast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I looked up Ari Aster, and his IMDb page is bare. 
because his career is just starting out. Yeah. He doesn't really have anything to talk about yet. No, Hereditary is his, his debut. Yeah. Uh, which is just... Uh. To start with this is ballsy. <laughs> and, and not only, like, is it, uh, like, this hole-in-the-wall type movie. No, like, Tony Collette's in this. You know, this is someone that people respect. Gabriel Byrne, you know, these are... These are and uh, and doubt. These are people that are respected amongst actors. And so whatever Ari pitched to them, you know, he's like, "Hey, here's my script." People are like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'm in." Like, so yeah. I think it's his ta- his talent speaks for itself through who he got to join him and uh, yeah. to work with him. Hereditary is a hell of, de- of a debut, mm-hmm. and his next film, Midsummer, looks like a worthy follow up. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to continue his trends of realism, cults, and damaged relationships. You bet your ass, the film guys and boys will be there opening <laughs> oh, night. Yeah. Fuck yeah, we've already yeah <laughs> we're already, yeah we've already got tickets or we're, we're planning on it. Yeah, there's not going to be a lot of people there. <laughs> no, but we will. We'll be there. Don't worry. Don't worry, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> so the film stars Oscar nominee Tony Collette, who was previously nominated for her role in 1999's The Sixth Sense. And nothing else, surprisingly. She should have an award by now for this, I think. Oh, she should have this won. This is the strongest performance of her career. To me, it's a damn shame she didn't win uh, Best Actress yeah. in every, uh, at every award show. She's one of the most underrated performers working today, and she always seems to play a mom. It's just what she got typecast as. She's just damn. She's damn good at it, and and yeah. she finally. I think she really found her niche here in the horror genre because her. She's so. It's not a lot of makeup involved. It's a lot of natural, and she's very pale. Her face, yeah, just kind of frightening and very natural. And I don't know, there's something about her that that always feels really authentic when she's on the screen. It's just funny because I was reading in the trivia she hates horror films and almost didn't do this. Cause it surprised me because she never has really dabbled in it. Necessarily. I mean, Sixth Sense, you know, you could, you know, but not like this kind of, you know, no. intense horror. This she's is way never, she's never dabbled in anything like this. So, yeah. yeah, I hope she. Continues to. Oh, this love, was yeah. I would love for her to yeah, open up her. Yeah. And alongside her is Gabriel Byrne, who crawled out of the rock he randomly hides under every 20 years yeah. and did a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm still I like Gabriel here. Byrne, but his career is so all over the place. It's like... Streaky. He was huge in the 90s, and then he vanished, and then he did a TV show, and then he vanished again, and then he did Hereditary. <laughs> yep. It was very weird. But, you know, some of his highlights include Miller's Crossing. Which we love, of The course, Usual yeah. Suspects. Yes. Uh, Ghost Ship. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel <laughs> Burns' finest. Yeah. End of Days. Um, In Treatment was his, I think, HBO series. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually got to see some of that. Yeah, I forgot about that. And uh, he's great. I just wish he would do more. I agree. I agree. Especially more things that are challenging, such yeah. as playing the father of uh, this family that is fucked up. So. Extremely. Uh, the children are played by Millie Shapiro, who plays Charlie. She has a future. And Alex Wolf, who plays Peter. Am I correct in assuming he's the kid from Jumanji? The new one? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, he I is. I thought so. He's also from some Disney thing that happened back, I don't know what it's called. Naked Brothers Band? Holy he, sh... I remember yeah, those commercials. He was in that. Yeah. Oh my god. He was in that. Talk about a... So he's been in the just, wow. he's been in the mix, you know. A change up. Yeah, but now he's, you know... <laughs> Apparently this movie kind of messed him up. I get that, yeah. Uh, mentally, you know. He had to go to a dark it place. It was, uh, well, we said it was shot, you know, like, what, 30 days? Yeah, About a roughly. month, a month of him going in further than he's ever had to go to in his life for, for acting, so. <sighs> My yeah, I can't really blame him, yeah. Yeah. And, um, Anne Dowd plays Annie's newfound friend, Joan, who has a dark ulterior motive. More on that later. Whew. Uh, what are some of Anne Dowd's past, uh, credits? She's one of those, like... She reminds me of John C. McGinley, where I just forget <laughs> everything, you know? I watched an episode of Frasier today with hey, John C. McGinley. Hey, hey, hey how about that, Frasier? That's awesome. Good stuff. And Dowd was in... We're looking it up on our... I'm frustrated, yeah. honestly. I'm sorry. Compliance, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. Oh, yeah, Handmaid's Tale. She's been in the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's big on the Handmaid's Tale. I forgot about that. Garden State. Uh... American oh, Animal. She's great in American Animal. She yeah. plays a librarian. Yeah, she's great. She's man, on The dude. Leftovers. Uh, yeah, she's done a Girls. lot. Girls. Yeah, yeah. Sorry we didn't have them all in our yeah. head. That's, but, you know. That's on us. We'll learn. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and she's kind of like the, you know, the Ruth Gordon, the 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 friend who, you know, the, the weird woman next door who befriends the family but is secretly a Satanist. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, pulling the strings. <laughs> Yikes! Ooh, she's a catalyst, man. Yeah, and there's a lot of influence on, uh, from Rosemary's Baby here too. It's weird. A lot of the films we watch tend to somehow circle back to something. That's what's cool about horror, man. It's like uh, <laughs> it all they all they all take from each other and take yeah. influences and build off each other and use each other's stuff. It's the best, and it's 
beautiful. It's to an watch. endless cycle because it's, it's friendly. It's not like a oh you can't do that. You know, it's like all right, yeah, okay, let's, like you made that better. You know, yeah. I think if I think if Stanley Kubrick were alive and he saw Hereditary, I think he'd be like, wow, you you really like perfected my like what, things that I did in The Shining. You really made him look almost better than I did because it's fucking 2018, 2019. You know, <laughs> that's how it goes. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like Kubrick would. I don't know, man. He was crazy. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm saying if he were, yeah, hypo, you know, this is hypothetically, yeah. and if he were like a normal person, he would, yeah. He probably wouldn't even see the movie. He'd be like, oh, it's not good enough for me, you know, or something. He was weird, yeah. Uh, so Tony Collette plays Annie, mm-hmm. a mother with a family history of mental illness, and a recently deceased mother who was obsessive over Annie's daughter, Charlie, who she claims was supposed to be a boy. That was the plan, but Charlie ended up being a girl. And messed with the plan. More on the plan later. <laughs> Charlie is distant, kind of odd, and she sees things. And she makes a weird noise, too. Yeah. Y'all remember that. If you've seen the yeah. movie, that's that's what sticks out. Kind of clicks her tongue. It's really simple, but it's so effective. It's Yeah, we talked about with The Conjuring last week, uh, you know, the clap. And then this goes right with it, where it's just like, ah, that's going to be a part of her horror culture forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Annie's son, Peter... Is your typical American teenager just you know wants to go to parties, you know, checking out girls, yeah, yeah. smokes weed a lot. Yeah. And uh, when Peter is forced to bring Charlie to a high school party, mom insists Charlie goes with her because Char- Charlie go- doesn't do anything. Their grandma just died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, kind of pressures the son. That scene's kind of hard to watch for me, especially knowing what on happened. a second viewing. Yeah. It's fucking, oh god. You're watching the mom. Yeah, you're watching Tony Collette, Annie. Uh, convinced like oh well did you ask did you ask charlie if she wanted to go and he's like i don't know man like he's like i'm just trying to go to this party you know maybe make mom, out with a girl and come home you know? mom should have known better than to yeah. have her high school son take her like 13 year old daughter to a party yeah, this isn't a fucking youth group man no. like this is a high school party and yeah. she she even asks is there gonna be drinking happening he's like yeah. no we're not old enough and she's like that's a crock of shit what are you drinking? He's like, no, like I'm driving, I'm not drinking. And it's like, even if you have to ask those questions, don't let your yeah, your yeah. middle school aged daughter go to that man. That's just that's bad parenting. Come on, Annie. <laughs> and uh, at that party, Charlie eats some chocolate cake, which unfortunately has nuts and, in it. And our, our her brothers in the other room smoking yeah. weed, yeah. being a degenerate. <laughs> He's hitting on a girl. It's yeah. high school. Yeah. And Charlie's throat closes up because she's deathly allergic to nuts. Yes. And she's freaking out, and Peter's like, oh shit, we gotta get to the hospital. So he gets her in the car, and he starts speeding. Their really car fast. is conveniently parked at the front of the house after that party. Yes. There were like, not a lot a of cars at that party. I was gonna party. say, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Do they have, like, you know, valet or something? Because <laughs> their car is right on the curb. Maybe yeah. he got there first. I, yeah, maybe. He was nervous about the girl. I don't know. I don't know, man. But, yeah, he's, Peter's freaking out. Charlie's, you know, choking to death in the back seat. <laughs> Peter, Peter's going way too fast, pushing 90. Charlie puts her head Going out down the this window. road with no one yeah. on it, man. Oh, boy. Middle of nowhere, stretch of land. And Charlie sticks her head out the window for breath. And Peter swerves to avoid hitting a deer carcass. And Charlie's head hits a pole at 90 miles an hour. Like a solid wood telephone pole. Just, and mm, oh takes my her God. head off. Like, clear off. And Peter just slows the car down <sighs> and just sits there. In absolute shock, and yep. it, and just like we are sitting there in absolute shock, because you. This goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the trailer. You're led to believe Charlie's the main character of this movie; that she's gonna be kind of the catalyst of everything that goes on. Yeah, and she dies like not even halfway through the movie, and you're like, whoa! And I even that dies in the most horrific. It's brutal, mind shatteringly way possible. Like it's so un- uncomfortable. And yeah, like I said, when when Peter's sitting in the car and he's speechless, all all he said he like barely utters are you he's about to say are you okay yeah and he like can't quite finish that phrase because he's like no because her fucking head fell off you just see him adjust the mirror and look in the back seat he sees a yeah a body with no head sitting in the back seat of his car what does he do he goes home drives home and just leaving a head he parks he goes up to bed and up to while he's walking up to bed you can hear behind closed doors tony collette going oh good they're home yeah Oh, God. Yeah, great. I didn't catch that my first viewing, but oh. Good, they're home. They're all safe, yeah. Everybody go to bed. And then when... We'll see what happens in the morning. You see in the morning, Peter didn't sleep. He's been staring at his wall the whole night. And you hear Annie go outside to get in the car. And, and what she finds is what's left of Charlie. And it's the most horrifying 
scene in the film, and quite possibly for me, maybe ever. <laughs> it's, I've never, I'm so uncomfortable watching that scene. It's, it's too real. Tony Collette's performance in that scene is too real. I believe that pain. I, yeah, I don't really know how she did that, how she conjured that it's up. Pure hysterics. Oof. Ugh. God. Yeah. Frightening scene. It's frightening. Yeah. This is where the emotion comes in of what Ari Aster's talking about. Of I'm not just trying to scare you with things you're typically. You could take of. the demons out of this movie and it would still be an unnerving, a horrifying film. Agreed. That's what I love about it. Agreed. It could be it could honestly be a thirty minute short of or forty minute short of what's happening at the beginning. Yeah. And end with that scene and just be like, oh, well fuck. Like that yeah. was that was fucking brutal, you know? Yeah. There's almost like yeah, stages to this film, and that's you know kind of what horror does. It takes you through different phases of what's going on in this. Horror in this world is definitely room. a f- it's, a, it's a series of film that it's a genre of film that needs the act structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs the setup and the rising action and the climax and the conclusion. And it all needs to work. Yes, <laughs> for me to like it. <laughs> but Charlie's death causes the family to disintegrate, with Annie and her husband Steve at odds. Annie blaming Peter for what happened and hating him for it. Peter hating She builds him. a model. Yeah. Oh. She builds a model of this, and she says it's a, what did she say, a neutral... It's a neutral view of the accident. Of the accident, yeah. What the fuck? And it's literally, a, like, to you know anyone who hasn't seen the movie, if you're still watching, what are you doing? Uh, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's a model of the telephone pole and the car and the head on the ground, and she's building this. The mom, Annie's building this. And yeah, the husband, like you said, is at, at odds at this point. He's like, are you crazy? Yeah. Do you really want to bring that back into Peter's mind? Like, you really want to do that? She didn't give a fuck about what Peter wants. Not at all. At that point, her and Peter might as well not be mom and son anymore yeah. at that point. Because they weren't. They're being torn apart by greater powers. Oh. So I mean, the dinner scene kind of def- pretty much oh, sets Jesus that all up. Jesus Christ. Dude. Where Annie and Peter finally I guess that's out. where we're at, huh? Or, yeah, roughly in the, yeah. In the rundown. Jeez, man. And, this this could maybe be the best best scene of the movie. Maybe not the scariest, maybe not... It's the most powerful. It's just, yeah. ugh, these three people eating dinner together, and none of them are, like, on the same page. No. At all, as a family. They're, like... Dad's just trying to hold it Dad's trying to protect the son. Peter's racked with guilt. Yep. And he hates It's a madness. Pe- it's chaos. It, they're eating dinner, and it's chaos. Like... Yeah. Ugh. Jeez, dude. One time, I, one time I, like, I've seen it a lot. I've seen it maybe eight times. I was watching it while eating dinner, and I remember going through that scene. I, I stopped eating. Like, I remember just kind of, uh, you know, my jaw was dr- dropped. You were sitting at the table. And I was sitting at the table <laughs> like I was with them, and I was like, I, I'm not hungry anymore. So. <laughs> Let's finish this damn movie. <laughs> but soon after that, Annie um, encounters Joan, who she meets at a grief council group. Here we go. And uh, she becomes friendly with Joan. Joan also lost her son, so she claims. Louie. And uh, Joan becomes kind of an outlet for Annie to grieve on alone, because God knows she can't do it with her family. Yeah, yeah, and, and Joan becomes this person that is willing to listen to yes. to these problems. And, She's been through this, too. Yeah, but she, yeah, uh, yeah, continue. Yeah, this is, a gr- this is a great part of the film, where we start getting introduced to this character, and now yeah. there's different things in play. And one day, Joan tells Annie that she met a psychic medium. That's right. At the, um, I, I love that scene because he, she catches her at that like that store. At like a fa- at like a Jones yeah, it's like fabric a Home or Depot. Something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah a Hobby Lobby. And and Tony Collette's getting um, or Annie, sorry, is getting shit for her models that she builds. Yeah, and that's where Jones like, Joan, oh Annie, oh, I'm here too. Randomly, yeah. <laughs> let me give you a hug. By the way, I can contact the dead. <laughs> yeah, that's basically how it goes. Yeah, yeah. And so Annie's like, yeah, okay, sure, but. Joan convinces her to go to her apartment and hold a seance with Give her it a go, yeah. so that Joan can contact her deceased grandson, Louie. And she does. And Annie is freaked the fuck out. And so are we. Yes. Because that's the first like real evidence of supernatural activity in mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of hints, but nothing concrete until that this moment. Is, man, we're, we're halfway through the film at this point. We're like, oh boy, we're digging in. And so Annie thinks, alright, I need to talk to my daughter. So she... Does the she takes this scrap of paper that Joan tells her to read beforehand, mm-hmm. brings it home, and reads the thing, and has a seance with her f- husband and son after convincing them to play along, and does the same thing, contacts Charlie, and moves the glass, and both of them are like, oh my god. you What are we doing? Yeah. yeah. And soon after that, Annie channels Charlie's spirit, possibly. She might just be losing her mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
We're we're unsure if yeah Annie Annie could have lost her mind at the beginning of the film. We don't know. Considering the end of the film and what Charlie really was, I think she was losing her mind. Because mm-hmm. that Charlie never acted like that ever. No. And that was, no. that's even sadder. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, this she learns that this seance was not kosher. And no, it's yeah. not. Yeah, she's reading from like a card. This is not organic yeah. at all. It's not. Yeah, it's not safe. And she learns that she has invited a dark presence into her house. Something that is... Her, within her family. Yeah. Now she has her her son and her husband involved. Something is after her son now, specifically. It attacks yes. him at school. It, it you know causes her yeah, to sleepwalk man, that again. scene when he, boom, oh. hits his head on the desk. And Jesus. Screaming. Yeah. Whew. And... The, the scene yeah. with Peter crying during the... Oh, man. He's, like, just lost it at this point. Like, Mom, what are you doing? Like... Weeping, weeping. I can't even imagine going to that place. It's oh my god. It's it's frightening. And Annie does some research after she realizes that she fucked up. She yep. goes to find Joan. Joan's nowhere to be seen. And you find in her apartment a pentagram with Peter's face in the middle. Yes. And just an empty place. That's when we have. All right. Let me say. That's when we have um, Tony Collette's walking through the hallway to get into Joan's uh, apartment, and we have the exact same pan up from The Shining when you're like in the hotel and. It pans up to the ceiling. Same exact, same exact move. <laughs> he just <laughs> stole, and it looks so fucking cool. And I, I remember catching it when I was like, "Oh my god!" It happens quick, but I was like, "That was perfect," because now everything's come to a head, and you kind of feel like I'm in the middle of one of the scariest horror movies of all time now. <laughs> and it's really cool. You kind of enter a void at that point. And those camera tricks in The Shining were considered. You know, unnerving and weird because yes. it's not the normal way of movies filmed. Yeah, of turning, necessarily turning like, ah, with your, ah, yeah. It's really hard to explain. So by using that again, it makes you uneasy. It makes you feel that something's not right here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's man. so subtle, but it's done so well. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole movie. It's when oh. she's like rushing back to the apartment. Yeah. To the apartment, which is great. A lot of Rosemary's Baby stuff in there, I feel. A lot of, a lot <laughs> of vibes. apartments, man. Yeah, and, and when she goes back, oh man, when she goes back there, you can just feel... Tony Collette's energy is like, what did I do? What did I, what's, what did exactly, did, did I make a pact with the devil himself? Uh, close. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. She does some research. She goes and digs through her mother's things because she l- realized that. Well, she, she dug through them in the beginning of the movie, but gave up quickly. Yeah. And sees her fucking mom in the corner. That's oh, a crazy scene. That's a scene. creepy scene. <laughs> but she goes back. Now she's like, all right, now I need to go back to that stuff yeah. and figure out what's going on. And also in the background this whole time, uh, it's. It's told subtly that Annie's mother's grave was desecrated. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Broken into. That's a great little and bit. And you don't find out anything more about that until now, where Annie <laughs> finds her mother's headless corpse in the attic. Yep. Surrounded by hundreds of flies. And is like, oh my god, what the hell's going on? And she goes through her mother's things, finds a photo album. Yes. Where she finds pictures of her mother with Joan. Ugh. And it's so un- it's so great. Not only Joan, but there's people that are at the funeral for her mom at the beginning of the film that you're, oh, did I see that face earlier? And they're in some of the pictures, too. And you're yeah. like, oh, no. And these are not good pictures. These are pictures of cult activity. Yes. These are pictures of dark shit yeah. involving a, pre- like a demonic force named King Payman. Yes. And Payman is one of the kings of hell. And they, uh, her mother was part of a cult trying to summon this demon. And uh, <laughs> the third act is where shit goes crazy. Annie ends up getting possessed by Payman after trying to rid him, like get rid of him out of the house and gets her husband set on fire. It's a terrifying scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you throw the, throw the book that Charlie's been communicating, you know, communicating yeah. with you through. I throw the book in the fire. Fucking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and so Payman gets into Annie. Yep. And... Peter wakes up in the middle of the night, feels something's not right in his room. Yes. Camera pans out, and you just see Annie crouched on the ceiling in the corner of his room, looking over him like a fucking gargoyle. Watching him, yeah. And it's so horrifying. It's so scary. Oh, my God. And just her, she scuttles along the like fucking wall like a lizard. Oh, in the background, he doesn't even see her. He's just like, huh. Oh, my God. Until finally she like flies at him through the dark, and he's like, what? Ah, freaks out. Runs into the attic for ref, you know refuge, and you just hear very loud knocking. Yes, <laughs> repetitive knocking with her. Oh, oh man, my god! Her head. Camera pans out, and Annie is on the 
on the ceiling, banging her head against the attic wall, like attic all door. fours just bam, yeah, bam, bam. Like, like the like you ever see Jacob's ladder? It's so scary. Yeah, yeah. The way yeah. that they like rotate their heads in that—that's <laughs> yes, what made yeah. me think, like, oh my god, that's a that's really scary. That I remember that point when I was in the theater, I was just kind of like clutching my armrest, like, yeah. what the fuck, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Uh, and so scary. Somehow Annie ends up in the attic and decapitates herself with like piano wire. Yes. She's Ugh. she it's like a I don't know how to do the noise. It's like a ching 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 ching. It's like a blacksmith, you know, like making swords or something and but it's her neck Ugh. being strung out. Yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Blood spewing classic like pew pew pew. Really, yeah, that was that's a very frightening image. And Peter's seeing naked old people in the attic. Yeah. Oh, he also, like, floats <laughs> up. Yeah, I love when they float up into the attic. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just see, like, you know, Peter looks over and there's, like, naked old people smiling at him. Yeah. And he's Hi. like, ah! And he dives out the window. Didn't want to see your dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? I gotta get the fuck out yeah. of here, man! <laughs> and that's when Peter gets possessed by payment. Yep. And he falls down out of the window, yeah. lands, like, in the lawn, gets up. And he sees his mother's headless corpse float into the treehouse. Yes. Where there's a light on. And uh, Peter goes over there and finds the cult all naked. Yes. Worshipping an effigy of payment made from uh, Annie's mother's head. <laughs> and Annie's mother's body and Annie's headless bodies kneeling before him. Yes. And Jones in the crowd, she informs Peter of who he truly is, mm-hmm. that he is possessed by the spirit of Charlie, who was, in fact, the demon payment. Charlie was never Charlie. Annie's mother had been organizing this for years, and Annie's brother, who killed himself because of uh, he believed that there were people inside of him. That What was his name? Charles. Yep. And Charlie is the reincarnation of him, and is pure payment. But payment needs a hu- a male body to, to yes to truly be powerful. Needs a male host. Yeah, so they've yeah. been prepping Peter for years and they finally got him. And they finally took over this family, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Peter is possessed, payment wins, and he has a fucking crown on his yeah. head. Hell has risen. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Basically. Holy shit. In this house in the middle of nowhere. So that's the story of Hereditary, the movie. Uh wow. Hell of, yeah, hell of a film. Excellent. Really tough to recommend to people, especially if they're not into horror. I don't even care anymore. I'm like, go watch it. Just watch it. Because it, it, uh, if you can get through ten minutes of it and get through, then you're <laughs> gonna... It's just a damn good movie. I don't care who you are, you know, it's that's hard to deny. So I admire this film for not just going straight to the devil. I like that they actually did research and did a lesser-known biblical figure payment. And here's it's, a little... It's like, yeah. believable, in a way. Um... Yeah, of course not. Not to me. Well, I believe not... you know that cults would do something like this. Yes, like, I totally yes, believe yes, that. yes, yes, yes. Exactly. And here's a little bit on the actual King Payman. Here we go. And I use that loosely, of course. <laughs> this is all conjecture. I'm not here, you know, saying like, oh, by the way, you know, demons are real, and here's where they come from. There are seven kings in hell. Yeah, yeah you should always, you know, you know, should worship them accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast just took a really dark turn. Every episode from here on out is going to be a devil endorsement. <laughs> We can't, get, us. we can't get sponsors here, so we looked further south. <laughs> we're in fucking Texas, so there's no, where else do you go? Uh, so, King Payman, in uh, traditional biblical lore, is one of Lucifer's most obedient followers. He rules the 200 legions of hell, is connected to the Tree of Death, and first appeared in an anonymously written grim, uh, grimoire from the mid-1600s called The Lesser Key of Solomon, also known as Clavicula Salomonis Regis. And he's technically not a demon, he's a jinn. And jinn are supernatural creatures in Arabian mythology. Uh, they are they're kind of like genies, but without the three wishes. They're mm-hmm. demon, like demonic forces trapped in uh, entities like a, you know, a bottle or a lamp. Yeah, yeah. And when they're let out, they wreak havoc. They and don't mischief. sing like Robin Williams. Yeah, no. no that's <laughs> no. not what happens. No, no way. Uh, and... Payman's one of these, and uh, he appears in the form of a man sitting upon a dromedary, I don't know what that is, with a crown most glorious upon his head. And that definitely comes into play in the movie. For sure. He's an entourage which comes as a, quote, host of spirits, like men with trumpets and well-sounding cymbals, and all sorts of musical instruments. He hath, he hath a great voice, and roareth at his first coming, 
and his speech is such that the magician cannot well understand unless he can compel him. Ooh, I feel like I just participated in, an, in a summoning. <laughs> That's not good. Hello. <laughs> I might move out tonight. Payment's here now. Uh, but there's definitely, like, I remember some some music playing in the attic when Payment arrives. Yes. Like, heralding his coming. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, attention to detail like that's amazing. You can it's tell Ari so Aster cool. did his research. It's really You can incredible. tell this is, like, something that he, yeah, has, like yeah. you said, thought about, read, read about. Yeah. For sure. Wanted to put into a movie and did. Oh, yeah. And, and did uh, exquisitely. It wasn't just, like, this far-fetched idea. It was like, oh, wow, this, okay. He made the most realistic possession movie I've ever seen. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> Ugh. So here's some film guys and facts for you, Hereditary. I got five of them good, uh, here for you. Here we go. Number one, Tony Collette had told her agent that she didn't want to do any more heavy, dark films and only wanted to do comedies. But she loved the Hereditary script so much she couldn't put it down. That's great. That's what I'm saying, man. It, his talent got Tony Collette, <laughs> got Tony Collette to get on board. Number two, Ari Aster wanted to go for scares that were emotionally justified rather than solely leaning on traditional jump scares. And I fucking respect that so much. That's Yeah, that's what we love. It's why this film has stuck with me for like a year now, because it's not just blah. All my favorite horror movies are this what they do. I, I remember I read somewhere, somebody compared a uh, getting scared by a jump scare in a movie is like laughing at a comedian because he tickled you. <laughs> it doesn't count. It happened, but it doesn't count. You didn't work for it. That's great. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Ugh. Number three. Ari Aster has ten screenplays written that he hopes to direct over the course of his career. So he has planned out a lucrative and long career. This man is a filmmaker at heart. Yeah, definitely. We're ready. I'm ready. I I'm can't ready. wait. I'm ready for him to be the next thing. To be the next big thing in horror. I, I think he's on his way. Absolutely. Number four. In an interview, Alex Wolf explains that he wanted to actually break his own nose for the scene where his character slams his head into a desk. Ari Aster respectfully declined that offer and told Wolf they'd give him a soft, cushioned desk for the scene. When it was time for the scene to be shot, Wolf slams his head onto the desk only to discover that the top was foam and the bottom was hard. He dislocated his jaw for the scene. Man. Wow. That's commitment. Yeah, he's the man, dude. <laughs> he wanted to break his own nose, and they're like, you don't have to do that, and then he broke his jaw. <laughs> Jeez. No, you're good, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. poor guy. Number five, Hereditary is inspired by an apparent curse over Ari Aster's family that seemed to bring them bad luck over a three-year period. So somebody in Ari Aster's family worshipped payment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you yeah, look at, if you read it read it that way, yeah. I mean, who knows? I would love to hear more about that, or maybe there's more of a biographical type movie that he has in in mind about that. That'd be great. Maybe he spent a you know, brief time in, in, his, cult? in his teens in a cult in the yeah. in you know Iceland or where the fuck Midsummer takes place, Norway. Jeez, dude. <laughs> oh, what a guy! So that's the gist of Hereditary. Solid flick, unbelievably horrifying masterpiece. I give it a nine. It's a it's ten for me. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been an eight for a while, but I, I bumped it up to a nine recently because it really does deserve to be just. I don't want to use the word worshipped because that's that's too much. <laughs> Worship. Too many implications there. You should worship Hereditary. I love the name of the movie. I think that's a great title. Yeah. Hereditary is a really cool title. It's but... all about, you know, inheritance and what you have to deal with. The uh. sins of your the sins of the father, you know? Just or in this case the mother. Yes, yes. It's yeah. You don't know what kind of deals your ancestors have made or your nope. relatives and how that's gonna affect your life one day. Mm. You know, when something comes, you know, collecting. Uh, I'll point out one of my you know favorite lines from Magnolia. My favorite movie is uh, Philip Baker Hall says, uh, "We're done with the past, but the past is not done with us." Fuck! Oh, that's I, I love that. That's good. Yeah, it's a great great bit when he <laughs> says that. You got to see that movie because that scene when he says it. Yes. Like, Whoa. Yeah, it's really cool, and Ooh. that's how I think about when I think about horror a lot, especially when it has to do with family and ancestry. It's like, oh boy, you have like you said, you have no idea what your family has done. What sins they've committed, and if all this stuff is, if these things that we do are take, you know, if they're we're, we're held accountable for them, yeah, you know, who knows what can happen to your family and what you know what kind of stuff could be uh, hindering you. Oh yeah, you don't. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah, and, and what case, are you gonna do that one day will affect you know generations of your family in the future? Yes, don't join any cults, guys. Don't don't any creepy ladies who are want to do a séance with you outside of Home Depot. Don't do it. 
Don't summon anything. Don't, yeah, just just say no. No demon is going to give you untold riches. That ain't happening. I'd rather you say no to to yeah to the devil than drugs. So <laughs> say no to the devil. <laughs> don't don't. You take as much heroin as you need. Yes. Don't don't yeah. don't summon payment. Yeah. Don't do that, man. For the rest <laughs> of us. Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, the Hereditary is a fantastic family drama and it's, yeah. that's laced with seriously unnerving horror. Hell yeah! And uh, what would you say is your favorite scene if you had to pick one? Favorite, favorite scene. Whew! I, I mentioned earlier the best scene I think might be the dinner scene. That might be my favorite too. If I had to, I'll probably put them hand in hand. Okay. Uh, whew! It comes. Yeah, everything comes to this screeching halt um, with these three characters. Who I think all did a damn good job. I like to talk about Gabriel Byrne for a second. We yeah. can touch on him. Sure. I think he's been um, someone that people nitpick at that have seen this movie that say, oh, he was kind of weak. Or, oh, what do you want his character to do? His character is this kind of clueless. He doesn't really believe in this stuff. He's kind of naive. There's a scene that you pointed out to me before we started recording about him crying. Yeah. I, like, breathtaking scene from him acting-wise, and you feel for him. You're with him. You're like, fuck these crazy-ass people. Like, yeah. I just want to keep my son safe. You know what that... He's, he's calling, like, there's a scene where Gabriel Byrne calls Tony Collette and is like, like, Peter's calling me from school crying. Like, what the fuck did you do? That's not easy to do, man. And to figure all that out and sum that up is, is not easy to do for these people. And Gabriel Byrne gets some hate, gets some flack. So does Peter Wolf, or Alex Wolf, for his, some of his stuff that he did with, like, crying and that. I, that's bullshit. Horse yeah. shit. Don't listen to any of that stuff. Go watch the movie yourself. Because I think everyone is top-notch in this movie. All for all for the uh, family, and then Anne Dowd as well. They're all perfect to me. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Hell yeah. Especially on Gabriel Byrne. I think yeah, that, man. You watch. Yeah. It, you gotta watch it a couple times to see his, True. His, 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 what he offers on the, to the table. He's, you know, he's the only character in the film who isn't... He's us. He's, he's, not kinda, a, he's yeah. kind of the audience. Just kind of like, what do you... He's what? not a target of payment. He's just along for the ride. Yeah. And he's forced to deal with the death of his daughter and the, you know, the tremendous guilt and just... You know, mind fuck by his son and his wife resenting his son and just losing her mind and you know f- spiraling in her own way and he's just left to pick up the pieces mm. and yeah that would, I can understand his res- his reservation mm-hmm. and I thought Gabriel Byrne accomplished that tremendously hell yeah hell yeah so, so what's what's your your favorite favorite scene <sighs> def if I had to pick it's definitely when Annie finds the body yeah just. Zooming in on so it, scary, on Alex man. Wolf's face, and you just hear her panicky, freaking out hysterically because she knows her daughter's dead, and that's you know, a tragic. Obviously, feeling that the worst thing people a do can, yeah. go through, and that's how I imagine it would sound like. That's what scared me the most. I believed it. Oof. Oof. So, on the lighter side, I'd like to talk about what happened this week in film. Oh yeah, uh, it's been a. I, big... I finally saw a fucking Toy Story. Oh yeah, I Toy lo- Story Four. I thought it was great. Yes, was, it was. It was really good. And Woody, you know, Woody stole the show. Yeah, was, I, we knew that was going to happen, but it was great. It was really entertaining. I always love going to those kids' movies, too, because you, you, you're like, oh, wow, I was only in this theater for two hours. Like, with the trailers and everything, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I, now I can go home and, like, yeah, live the rest of my life. So, I like I like that. I like, I, you know, that's that's something I look for, and, like, it's everything is time-relevant now. But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed everything about Toy Story 4. I thought there was nothing wrong with it. I thought it was really funny. There were a couple times I cried, and... I think that's it. I think that's it for that one of my favorite franchises ever, the yeah. Toy Story franchise. And it capped off like I didn't think it needed another film, but it it was definitely worth it. I, yeah, I agree. Toy Story three is awesome, and yeah, we could have could have left that. But hey, the way I see it was make one some through, money, entertain us. I'm to, fine. With Toy it. Story one through three is Andy's story. Toy Story four is Woody's story. Yes, and that's what I loved. Boy, it's Woody did, dealing. How with did his... you feel? Uh, spoiler alert for Toy Story. How did you feel about yeah. the the boot? Oh, when the you see Bonnie instead of Andy, you're I like, didn't, oh no, I didn't feel okay with that. <laughs> Neither did was, I. I. I looked at Brianna, my girlfriend. I was like, well, no, Woody is Andy's toy. It's Andy's man. Yeah, <laughs> or he's mine. Yeah, like you know, it's like I am Andy. Yeah, you know? fuck off, Bonnie. No, no, Bonnie's great. <laughs> Bonnie's great. That yeah, it was a good movie. Good movie. Solid. I, I'm very happy that didn't turn out to be a disappointment. I was expecting another Incredibles too. Uh, yeah, but I don't like talking about that one. It yeah. was, it was wonderful. Yeah. Truly, truly. Yeah. Toy Story is Pixar's holy grail. It's their, their masterpiece. Yeah. Is the Toy Story franchise. And it's really tough to do four solid films. Like, four the incredible exact same characters, films. yeah. It's, yeah. Very rarely do you have a series that is that flawless. Yeah. Usually the fourth film is a cash grab that sucks. Look at Indiana Jones. 
Oh my god, yeah. But this case, Pixar did take their time and they delivered a solid film that took is for newcomers time, yeah. and you know, yeah. long-time fans alike. Yes. Way to go. Agreed. A uh, couple other things that happened this past week. A lot happened, surprisingly. Uh, first up, Terrence Stamp and Diana Rigg have joined the cast of Edgar Wright's new film, Last Night in Soho. Plot's being kept under wraps. But after Baby Driver, I am very much looking forward to this. Fuck yeah. Same. Edgar Wright can do no wrong. Actor Billy Drago has died at 73 from complications due to a stroke. Billy Drago, for me, was best remembered in his role in The Untouchables. Mm-hmm. As, damn it, I'm blanking on his name, but he's the guy in the white suit that yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Elliot Ness tosses off a building. Loved him in that. He's popped up in a lot of TV shows. And, uh, he's been in, yeah, been working forever. Yeah, and he yeah he passed away unfortunately. Uh, Salma Hayek is an early talk to join Marvel's The Eternals. One oh of their wow! Up- upcoming projects already. Uh, Richard Madden, Angelina Jolie, and Kumail Nanjiani have joined it. Nice, nice. It's shaping up to be the story of Thanos's race, like where he came from. Hell yeah! So it's his people. So that'll Hell be really yeah. cool. I'm in on that. Yeah, that, that's exciting. Absolutely. Paul Rudd has joined the 2020 Ghostbusters sequel. I yeah, I've which seen that. Has yeah. already seen the return of Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Sigourney Weaver, and Annie Potts. It could be cool. It's going to be, be great. Jason be really Reitman cool. is doing it, so this hey, is what we wanted. Annie Potts uh, got that Bo Peep action in Toy yeah, Story Four too. She yeah. was great. Annie Potts everywhere. <laughs> yeah, she's having a weird comeback. I'm hoping that with everybody involved, they finally might be able to get Rick Moranis to come out of retirement. Oh man, and that would be incredible. I just don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> I really don't. I didn't think I'd they love, could get Bill Murray. Love so, Rick Moranis. He's been turning out Ghostbusters 3 for decades. I think after Harold Ramis' death, Bill Murray is using this as a way to kind of grieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah, I can know, see that. He never made up with him, unfortunately. They were at odds till his death. They had an argument over uh, during Groundhog Day that they never got over. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Uh, the trailer for the Charlie's Angels reboot has dropped, and it looks god-awful. Yeah, no thank you. I don't... God. I like the 2000 film with me too. Uh, Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and Drew Barrymore. Barrymore, yeah. It's got one of my favorite Sam Rockwell roles, which is Hell so yeah. weird. Hell yeah. Uh, Bill Murray again. He keeps, he's popping up a lot in this episode. He he just <laughs> kind of does that. Yeah, that's what he does. He pops up. Yeah, yeah. He's, but um, he's not like a yeah stamp. Yeah. yeah, he's he's just there. I liked that movie, but this movie looks pretty shitty. I think. Yeah, I'm good on that. Yeah. Um, it's Henry, a money grab that yeah. probably won't even work. I so. think it's gonna bomb. Have fun, spectacularly. Yeah. Henry Cavill's going to play Sherlock Holmes in the upcoming film Enola Holmes, which is based on the adventures of Sherlock and Mycroft's younger sister. Interesting. So that could be... I think Henry Cavill is currently one of my favorite working actors. Hell so yeah. I'm okay with anything he does. I'm actually really sad he's not going to play Superman anymore, because I wanted him to get a good script and actually be great. Yeah, that's my thing. I was about to bring that up. I think I would like him a lot more if he had some shit to work with. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. DC fucked that up, so... That's a shame. Yeah, we will. T- we'll get uh, to that one day. Oh yeah, that's on the docket. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is in talks to play Ursula in Disney's live-action Little Mermaid, and I think that's awesome. Genius. Yeah, that's great. Genius. That's going to be nice. Disney so far has really like surprised me with the live-action ones. Fuck, man, they get the best people to do this shit. Yeah. Like, the Lion King cast is like, are you kidding me? Like, everyone's so... Even perfect. Dumbo, which everyone kind of shit on, I thought was not bad. I actually saw that one, too. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty yeah. good. Uh, I haven't is, seen yeah. Aladdin yet, but... I'm going to save the next one for last, because it's fucking great. Aladdin wasn't bad. I liked it a lot. It's, it's going to be hard for me to get over the Robin Williams. Me, too. I had to just kind of put that aside and yeah. make... This is Will Smith's genie. He's doing his own thing. And if you think of it like that, he actually did a really good job. Yeah, it's just hard for me to do that because I'm yeah. so attached. Me too. Me so too. attached. But it was funny. I thought the weakest thing, uh, Jafar, was bad. Oh. The guy who played Jafar, was, Jafar. was weak. Jafar is such a great villain. I know. I was disappointed. Damn. But, yeah. did, they, did they have a scene in it with, like, when he's when Aladdin's, like, in jail and Jafar is, like, as the old guy and, like, kind of, you know. No. Oh, they that did would not. Be really cool. He just kind of shows up. Can you up. imagine? Who would you have wanted to play Jafar? Oh, dead fair. This might be weird, but Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. <laughs> I think he could have done a nice accent, a nice dark accent for that one. Yeah, I could see that. You know, a lot of makeup. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I like his I think age. He might be too old though. For Jafar. I, I like his age. Yeah, and, yeah, and not tall enough probably. Yeah, Mr. Far is so. Whereas Oded Fair is this like menacing. You know, yeah. he played him in Once Upon a Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that so was let's just go ahead decent. and do that. Yeah. Anyway, oh, whatever. <laughs> I liked it. 
been talking about Aladdin too much, sorry. <laughs> uh, Jumanji The Next Level. Yep. The trailer dropped today. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I think it looks entertaining. So do I. I'll go, I'll go see it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, think it's, I like that Danny DeVito's in the cast. I'll yes. watch anything with him. Danny DeVito and Jack Black on the screen? Get out of town. <laughs> and Danny Glover. Yeah, get out of town. And like everyone else coming. It's going to be good. And this one, holy shit, I was so excited. Danny Boyle has said he is finally considering doing 28 Months Later. Hmm. But only if uh, writer Alex Garland is on board and available too. Same, yeah. And it might be titled 28 (laughs) Years Later, which is crazy. It might be like the big one, and that would be so cool. I'm glad Danny Boyle's finally talking about this. Yeah, he's like up in, yeah, it's in talks. He's the only one who can do it because he has the rights. So only he can make this movie. And if he's finally thinking about it, that's just, that's great. Hell yeah. That means it's in the pipeline, it's being, you know, it's It's being passed around. shuffled around, yeah, yeah. And if Alex Garland's involved, all the better. That's great news, yeah. So that's what happened this week. Pretty solid week for film. Like, a lot of good stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for listening to this one. Yeah. It went way longer than I expected. We really, uh, we had kind of the bare bones, but... This turned out to be a pretty solid episode. Hell yeah. Yeah, and hey, uh, for people, you know, this is on, uh, Hereditary's on Amazon Prime right now. Um... We both own it because we're, uh, you know, we're horror fans. So, <laughs> if you're a horror fan, you should own this movie and should have seen it already. Yeah. But it is on Prime for people who want to watch. It's actually doing really well. I looked up like their how well movies are doing on certain uh, streaming devices. Hereditary is doing well, and it's on the like popular uh, tab. So that's, that's great. great. That's great. I want more people to see it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think anyone who likes movies. It has a. I say you eat before this because you're gonna have a little bit of a gut oh, to watch boy. the whole movie. But yeah. you, I think I really think this is like a, a classic film, not just this. Even if this wasn't a uh, horror podcast, I think we'd be talking about this movie no matter what. Yeah. It's that kind of a, it's that kind of special film to both of us and to horror fans alike. So absolutely, go check it out, please. And you know, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Oh yeah! If you haven't seen Hereditary yet, it really is amazing. You made it this far, and we're even interested. Maybe in this you podcast. had fun with us. I don't know. I guess maybe Hell you just yeah. like what we want to say. But yeah, it is on Prime. Go watch it. It's amazing, mm-hmm. and you can expect a full episode on Midsummer in the coming weeks. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we're gonna go see that this week, and yeah, we'll yes give give time for it to process, and kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. then we'll we'll come back and talk some more Ari Aster. But next week, we're going back into the mind of Stephen King. With 1990's Misery. Oh, yeah. An absolute classic about an author trapped by his biggest fan. Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> I know that he came up with this once he encountered a fan at like a convention who was way too into him. Like, you know, loved his work to the point where King was a little freaked out. You are the best writer ever. Yeah. Ugh, Annie Wilkes. Hail Stephen King. <laughs> the film, this is the film that scored Kathy Bates an Oscar for Best Actress for her performance as Annie. It's one of my favorite King movies, and I cannot wait to talk about this next Annie. week. Annie. Annie Wilkes is one of King's best villains. Annie, Annie. We've got a lot wow. of Annie's on the board. Connections. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Dowd. Oh, yikes. What are we Ugh. doing? And after really, that... i got to get out of here. <laughs> after that, it's going to be Weird Shit Wednesday once again with The Godfather. So, a lot of cool shit coming in the next Oh, yeah. Buckle weeks. up, yeah. And if you've made it this far, perhaps you're willing to go a little further. Feel free to leave a review or a suggestion on iTunes, YouTube, Podbean, any of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, you know, you can email us. We'd love feedback. I want to thank Austin for joining me today. Oh, yeah. And seriously, watch this movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's one of the few movies I've seen that has genuinely scared the absolute hell out of me. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Hail Hail Payman. Payman!